Hey everybody, you are listening to another episode of Barbacoa Big Red Basketball. I'm John Lugo, I have Will Darnell with me, and just like a player we're going to be talking about in a few minutes, Will is also considering his future in basketball after a game he played over the Thanksgiving break. Tell us how that went, Will. I I won 7-0, and my long, long love affair with Bone Spurs seems to be over. Unlike Donald Trump, I can serve in the Vietnam War. (laughs) Okay, so, I mean, I know that you were saying that that has been a problem for, like, years or something. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if it actually went away. I just didn't run or jump during the basketball game. That also works. It's really hard to beat someone off the dribble when you can't run. Someone who knows that is Derrick Rose. <laughs> ah, Derrick Rose is a bitch. Okay. Really, no, I really hate Derrick Rose, and this is going to be hard to talk about. To say that Derrick Rose is stupid. Okay, I'll let you take it from there because I I I wanted to be gentle about this, but apparently we're not. Nah, so man, fuck that. We're not being gentle about Derrick Rose. He's a piece of shit. Okay, tell us more. Um, Derrick Rose is an NBA basketball player. I don't know if you guys forgot all about basketball over Thanksgiving, but if you did, I'll refresh your memories. Derrick Rose once won the MVP award. Uh, Since then, advanced stats have come a very long way, and lots of statisticians have pointed out that Derrick Rose's MVP award is one of the worst in the history of basketball. And Dwight Howard should have rightfully won the MVP that season. That aside, Derrick Rose was the youngest MVP. He had series of horrible and horrific knee injuries, leg injuries. He got injured, what, like three years in a row? Yeah, something like that. Like three total years of basketball. It soured in Chicago. He played last season very, very poorly for the New York Knicks. He had some legal trouble. We're not going to get into whether or not he's a rapist or not. If you want to read about that, you can. I would recommend Diana Moskovitz's articles on Deadspin. He's definitely a rapist, probably. Um... (laughs) This season, he signed with the Cavs as kind of like a stopgap to the whole Isaiah Thomas thing. And then the Cavs got Dwayne Wade, which kind of threw a wrench into the whole plan because they have too many guys who want to hold the ball all the time and can't shoot it. Um, Derrick Rose is thinking about walking away from the NBA. The funny part about this, John, and I don't know if you think this is funny, but I think it's funny, is this asshole who hasn't played basketball well in like five years is thinking about walking away when Adidas still owes him $80 million. He'll essentially be forfeiting that money if he walks away because he's a little bit butthurt because the Cavs aren't, like, worshipping him. What do you think? Maybe he's just tired of robbing people. I mean, (laughs) he's been robbing everyone on his contract the past few years. Maybe he doesn't want to do that to Adidas. But he's appropriately paid this year. He's making the minimum. Is he, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Minimum wage would actually be an appropriate pay level for someone who's terrible at basketball and is a bad human being. I mean, I... I mean, he does have a lot of character issues. He doesn't have the perfect history. I understand that. I guess I was thinking less about that and more of the fact that I could understand if... uh a series of injuries taken over the course of years would be taking a serious mental toll on him. Going from an MVP status to can barely play in the league status in the matter of, like, five years is probably something that no one ever imagined at the time that he won it. And, I mean, I would understand. I mean, he's 
he's obviously talented. If he's healthy enough, I would recommend that he go play internationally or something because, like, he's just... His game isn't suitable for the NBA anymore. He can still score, but not efficiently. He's a point guard who has a really awful assist-to-turnover ratio. Yeah. He's taking up... He's taking up minutes on a team that's trying to win a title who already has other players that are similar to him and Dwayne Wade. And, I mean, it just wasn't a fit. I just didn't... I think it's about time that he does walk away. I don't know. When I Whenever I think about things like this, like I don't want to say that, oh, the guy's soft or anything like that, because I have no idea what's actually going on in his personal life or how hard it is to go from being like anointed as like a possible Hall of Famer to literally being a laughingstock. Like, he's going to be the first MVP to not make the Hall of Fame, which is a really strange and weird thing. Yeah. But... And then I think about guys like Brandon Roy and Greg Oden and guys who would give, like, absolutely anything to even be able to play basketball at a mediocre level. Guys like Penny Hardaway, who never really had a second opportunity after major injuries. Yeah. And this guy's essentially saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not willing to do what a team needs. I am either the star of the team and you bow to me or I don't, I don't want to play basketball anymore. And it's, it's just so stupid. I mean, that's the same thing that did in Allen Iverson. At least Iverson played for like 12 or 13 years before that point. Yeah, that's true. But there are guys like Grant Hill. And, oh, man, I had another one off the top of my head. Guys who were really, really, really great players and then had horrible injuries and then came back and were serviceable guys for several years who were able to adapt their game. Like, Derrick Rose could, like try and be like a gritty point guard off the bench and play a little bit of defense for the first time in his career and do things that his team is asking. But instead he wants to take mid-range jumpers and turn the ball over and leave $80 million on the table. I, it, it, it's very hard for me to summon any sort of sympathy or empathy for Derrick Rose. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of players, too, who also had a major injury who... The only ones I could think of, I mean, I don't know, Tracy McGrady counts. I mean, he didn't win a title, but he was a serviceable, serviceable player after his, what, what did he have, macro fracture, I think? Yeah. Um, that, Alonzo Mourning, maybe? That counts, Alonzo Mourning. Um, I had another one in my head just now. I had another one in I my keep head thinking there is a guy on the Spurs who did it, but I, I, I can't think of anybody. I don't know. It's I mean, it's kind of like the thing that Rudy Gay is doing right now, but it's like very early in the process for him. Yeah, sort of. But I don't know. It's just... It's a silly thing to just give your career up like that. Is it completely up to him, though? Who's signing him after this year, even if he does stay? I mean, he could wait for that to happen. We're in, like, we're at the end of November right now, and the Cavs would... He was playing until he got injured. Yeah, but he wasn't exactly reviving his career. He was still doing the same things that he did last year. And, I mean, he only got this contract because Cleveland just likes to sign names and hope they work out. I don't know. There's As long as Sacramento still exists, there's another place for him to go. The Pelicans just signed Rajon Rondo this season. Yeah. Who's arguably as washed as Derrick Rose. Yeah. So, I just... It... I can't fathom a way that he, he could try a different thing. 
but instead he's gonna walk away and i just i mean i kind of hope he does so we don't ever have to talk about him again do you think it would be unfair though if you join the big three next summer <laughs> uh no i don't think his team would win <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it, do you think it would be sad to see him just like completely dominate fools who are like around 45 years old who are still trying to make it like seeing seeing him like completely dominate people like Allen Iverson and Steven Jackson. I just don't think that he would completely dominate. I don't think that he's got that in So he's not even big three level. <laughs> I think that he's big three level. But I think like completely dominate, you think of like the, the 16 year old playing against 12 year olds. It's not going to be like that for sure. Because for one, those guys have like an ounce of grit and toughness. Yeah, that's true. Those guys would like, especially Steven Jackson and guys like Katino Mobley. Katino Mobley who had to retire because of heart troubles. Those yeah. guys would fucking clown him out of the gym if he tried to show up at 30 years old or however old he is and tried to play after just quitting <laughs> basketball and leaving 80 million on the table. They might beat his ass. <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's an outside chance someone whips his ass if he tries to do that. Okay, go. John's alarm is going off on his other phone. <laughs> no, that's my work phone. Someone's uh, calling me. He's got a social work emergency. No, I don't. <laughs> Okay, but, um, okay, so, where does that leave Cleveland now? Uh, better off if he decides to walk away. For one, they don't have to pay him. For two, they have a roster spot. Three, it was going to be awkward with him, Dwayne Wade, and Isaiah Thomas, who apparently is coming back very soon. Yeah, I think he's, I, I don't know if he's, I think he's doing contact drills. He's, yeah, I think he's so. He's, like, taking part in shoot-arounds, I think. Um, we'll talk slightly more about the Cavs later but I think that they're rushing Isaiah Thomas back and they really really don't need to yeah I mean I really hope that they're not it sounds like I I didn't get that impression because Isaiah Thomas has been saying over and over again that his comeback is gonna be sooner than we think so that's probably what's giving me that impression maybe he's rushing himself back is a better way to put it because he's reading every day about how good Kyrie Irving is and it's probably frustrating him at this point. Yeah, yeah, but, oh well, yeah, we'll figure that out whenever he comes back. Okay, so, next item up for discussion, Memphis Grizzlies firing their coach, David Fisdale. R.I.P. David Fisdale. In a move that was came across as a shocker to a lot of people. Widely criticized, to say the least, so far. Yeah, this looks like a prime example of a knee-jerk reaction. I thought he was a really good coach for them. And then just after an eight-game losing streak and... Which is bad. Let's be real. That's really bad. Losing eight games in a row is really fucking terrible. But what's the extenuating circumstance? What happened before they lost those eight games, John? I mean, they lost like half their roster, including (laughs) Mike Conley. Mike Conley got injured again. That's the one I was looking for. So, without Mike Conley, it's basically Marcus Gasol, the corpse of Chandler Parsons, and the rejuvenated corpse of Tyreek Evans running around out there with Jermichael Green, I guess. But Yeah. Do you know who their starting solace. backcourt has been? Uh, I know that it's two dudes that I've never heard of. <laughs> One you have, and the, uh, Mario Chalmers. Ooh, Mario Chalmers keeps getting sat down out of the league and then coming back. And He's the other guy. Dylan Brooks, a rookie. I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, along with the losing streak, apparently another thing that was brought up as a reason why he was fired was because apparently he's been having conflict with Marcus Gasol, 
and it kind of erupted in his last game when he refused to put him back in the game in the fourth quarter of, uh, I think it was against Brooklyn, and they ended up losing that game by like 10, and um, Marc Gasol had some things to say after the game that, I mean, it wasn't directly, like, he wasn't trying to start anything. He wasn't directly calling out Fizdale, but he was expressing his unhappiness with not playing in the fourth quarter and saying that he was, in a calm manner, still saying that he was angry about it and didn't understand the decision, things like that. Yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies thing is weird. Like, is Robert, Robert Perra hasn't been able to sell the team or hasn't been forced to sell the team, right? I, I don't think so. They have a really weird ownership situation where some minority owners want more control of the team and the majority owner is very wishy-washy and in financial trouble. So I don't really know who made this decision. Is Chris Wallace still the GM of the Grizzlies? Uh, I think he is. So is this decision his decision to fire Fisdale? Um, Let me see. To put it in perspective while John looks that up, this is only Fisdale's second year. The first year he inexplicably made the playoffs with, was it Gasol injured? I don't remember. Anyway, last season they made the playoffs even though no one thought they were going to down the stretch. They fielded a terrible team in the playoffs and got swept, but they made the playoffs. His second season started off, well, they beat the Rockets twice this year. Yeah, they lost eight games in a row, but I just it's a very odd decision. LeBron tweeted, I need some more information or something. <laughs> it seems like my man was the scapegoat or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just... I, I don't understand it. I mean, he he seemed like the kind of coach that was very much up to the task of maintaining the tough style, tough mentality of Memphis basketball while also implementing more of a modern style offense, which is what he's been doing. I mean, ever since he got there, Marcus Soule has been shooting more threes and has been good at it. Uh, the team overall, I mean, they still could use better shooters, but they're not nearly as awful beyond the three-point line as they used to be. Yeah, I mean, and if anyone should be fired, it's the person who gave $148 million to Jalen Parsons. Yeah, and I mean, what what all, what all can a coach do whenever two of your three max guys are injured? All the time. <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, I just remember, like, before David Fisdale got hired, like... There were constantly, like, around summertime, there was constantly stories of who were the next coaches to break out, who were the next, who were going to be the top new coaches in the league, and David Fisdale was always in that conversation, and then as soon as the Grizzlies hired him, there were so many articles about how this had been a long time coming, and he's been deserving of a head coaching job for a while. Everybody loves him. LeBron loves him. He had developed quite a reputation in Miami. He did well his first season in Memphis, and then after what was I think nineteen games in the second season, then he gets fired. I mean, it's it's wild, honestly. Uh, I I obviously think David Fizzle is probably going to bounce back. He might get another shot at a head coach job. I hope he does. Yeah. His that's a really short tenure to be a head coach, considering you made the playoffs once, and they're barely out of the playoffs now, even with the eight game losing streak it's not like they're 10 games out or anything yeah i mean the the bottom of the western conference is a fucking dumpster fire right now <laughs> yeah and i mean he he did well like memphis 
I mean, they didn't... I mean, they lost to the Spurs in the first round last year, but they still gave them a bit of trouble. They didn't go down easily. And, I mean, it's just... I, I don't see what it is about their specific issues with the team that are coaching related. Yeah. Like, you see that roster, and it's very, very top-heavy, and at the top are where a lot of your injured players are. So um, I don't see what a coach is supposed to do with that. So, John, I need your advice here. I need your advice. So we're going to give it out early this week. Um, the stupid motherfucker of the week is either going to be Chris Wallace or whoever made this decision to fire David Fisdale, or it's going to be Derek Rose for thinking about leaving 80 mil on the table. Who's the <laughs> stupider motherfucker for that? Who's worse? Which is a worse thing? Um, I guess Derek Rose because he actually loses out on something and the, whoever fired David Fisdale is probably going to keep their job in Memphis for a while longer. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with Derek Rose. But, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't understand it. I mean, they their roster is already depleted. There's nothing that any coach can do with that. There's I mean, there's just nothing. I mean, do you have you have it's it's just Gasol and then a bunch of other pieces. <sighs> Fucking I mean, randos. Yeah, and I mean, even if uh they they said uh, Chris Wallace said in the press conference addressing the firing that even though he did have conflict with Gasol, it wasn't the main reason why he was fired. And I don't... Did he fuck Chris Wallace's wife then? Or what? I... <laughs> is, this a, is this a Derek Fisher situation? Some weird behind-the-scenes stuff? I just don't... I mean, the Gasol thing was clearly a factor. Like... No team who is injured and goes on an eight-game losing streak just fires their coach. It should be completely understandable within that time frame that this was a possibility. So something and, has have to have happened behind the scenes, right? Yeah. There's no way. I'm thinking that even if this was a big... I mean, even if Gasol was a big reason why this happened, should you be making decisions affecting the whole team based on the reaction of your star player when your star player is Marcus Gasol, who I who is I think 31, 32, doesn't have the cleanest injury history. Has a bad injury history, has foot injury history. Yeah, so what's what's the what's the point of appeasing him? If... And now they're like acting like they're going to trade him. Like he's been rumored to go to like a dozen teams this week, including the Rockets. I can't decide if I like that or not. We'll get to that in the Rockets part, I guess. I mean, he was even saying over the summer that, like, he he said it while he was in Spain during FIBA that, like, if he still wants to win and if the Grizzlies, like, aren't going to position themselves to win, then they need to talk about reevaluating their futures and things like that. And so it's like, Gasol's not even completely committed to the team, so why would you be making decisions based on yeah. his relationship with people? If things deteriorated deteriorated between he and Fizdale. I would have chosen Fizdale and I would have traded Gasol and this team is absolutely tank ready. <laughs> yeah. they, they would be in the running with the Bulls to have the worst roster in the NBA without Gasol. Yeah. With Mike Conley injured, obviously. Yeah, they're pretty bad. I mean, they have to... I mean, it's hard... To, I mean, that's another thing, too. It's hard to blow it up when the players that you need to move are Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley, and Chandler Parsons. Those are guys who 
They could get a lot for Tyreek Evans right now, I think. A lot more than you'd expect. I mean, I don't I don't think he's the kind of guy that you would want to ship off, though. I mean, yeah. He, I'm, yeah, I mean, Mike Conley you may be able to move because... I don't think so. He makes $30 million. Yeah, I mean he's I mean he's at least the, the one with like I I guess the brightest future among their max players. Dude. Chandler Parsons is a lost cause, and and Marcus Soul like maybe you can sucker somebody into taking a soul, but I I don't know. I think that you could get people to give to trade you for Gasol or Conley. I just don't think that it's a trade that you want to make. It's not a good trade. You can get a first round pick for both of those guys for sure, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a good. Maybe not. A, I. I think you can get a lottery pick for sure for Conley, but I don't think you can get one for Gasol. Yeah, I mean they're just they're they're just stuck. I don't know what they're supposed to be. I don't know what they expect to change now that Fizdale's gone. It's just going to get worse, and like without that much opportunity to get better because they're tied up in salary. Yeah. Um, another team that's doing poorly right now. Um, John, are you an internet guy? <laughs> I guess you can say so. Because Doc Rivers, man, he's not an internet guy. Did you hear his quote today? He said, uh, if I start listening to all that stuff on the internet, then I'm an internet guy. And I'm never going to be an internet guy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just one of the many dumb things that Doc Rivers has said this week. Um, The Clippers, one of the most shit teams in the league. Blake Griffin out for two months after a hilariously random injury. It's not hilarious for Blake. We love Blake. We're friends with Blake. Um, but Austin Rivers fell into Blake Griffin's knee and sprained his MCL, and now the entire team is just fucked. Patrick Beverly's out for the season. Yeah. Not only that, but Rivers thought Lonzo Ball pushed Rivers into Blake Griffin. He was complaining about how there wasn't anything done about Lonzo yeah. after the game. Whenever you look over the video, and it's clear that Rivers just tripped over Lonzo and then stumbled into Blake <laughs> Griffin's knee. I think he did it on purpose. And I think this is his time to shine, and you're going to see him <laughs> on the All Star game. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't want to spend a ton of time on the Clippers, other than to say the last time Doc Rivers was in a situation where the team was best served by bottoming out, you know, that team that's now currently the best team in the Eastern Conference, uh, he basically has to be traded to the Clippers. He has he wants no part of a rebuild. He hates his son. Well known fact: <laughs> <laughs> Doc Rivers is going to leave. I I don't think Steve Ballmer has the balls to fire him. What? I think that Doc Rivers is done after this year, at the very least. Um, I mean, I would think so too. I mean, this, that I mean, there's they just don't have as much. They just don't have that much going on for them. Like a lot of their players are either injured or have a history of injuries. Like uh, it's I mean it's only this we're only through like a month and a half of the season and they're already ready without Griffin and Beverly Teodosic in in and out with Gallinari Um, in and out with Gallinari is also the name of his sex (laughs) (laughs) that's also something that I would have in and out with Daniel Gallinari I would definitely go eat in and out burger with Gallinari (laughs) but um I mean yeah I mean they just it's just so many troubles going on with the Clippers. And then, on top of all the injuries, they have to... Now, I mean, this the injuries kind of force the issue of whether or not they should be trading or re-signing DeAndre Jordan. He's going to be a free agent after next summer. And if 
if you don't think that this team can really put it together and maintain the level of success that they had before this season, then I think you should trade him. I just don't know who I don't know who's paying you a lot of draft picks or a good player for him, considering he's an expiring contract. I think, um, and he hasn't been that good this season. He's looked bad without Chris Paul. Um, Wor- worse, not not bad. He hasn't looked bad. I mean, I brought it up a couple weeks ago, and I still think it's a viable option if Cleveland really wants to go all in and just throw them Tristan Thompson and the Brooklyn pick for DeAndre Jordan. I mean, that's the only feasible big team trade that I can see. The Bucks could use him, but I don't think they're giving anything up for him. Yeah, that would be fucking awesome if he went to the Bucks. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hadn't gone over trade scenarios. I don't know. I don't think the Bucks have a salary is the problem. Yeah, they're they're an oddly constructed team. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what team will take him because, I mean, any team that takes him is going to have to address the possibility of signing him to a max. I don't I don't know if he'll get a max. Yeah. I think... I think that this is. I think DeAndre is a player that we just assume is going to get a max or close to the max because of his history and the kind of and just like how he's been known as like not not a superstar but a reliable player to get a ton of rebounds, a ton of putbacks, a ton of alley oops, and I I don't know if that's enough, especially it with this salary cap market next summer where teams have already fucked up their cap space so much by cashing in in the last couple of years. There aren't nearly as many teams with the cap space now. And and he's got to be on his way down, you know? Like, I don't see him getting better. There's nothing else that he's going to do better. He's, like, a, a super big athletic guy. I just, eventually, he's going to start falling off. He needs to go to a team that's already constructed where he can be the final piece. He can't be one of the centerpieces on a team that's rebuilding. No, absolutely not. He has no value on a rebuilding team. Yeah. Which is why I think the Clippers have to trade him, because that's what they are. Whether they want to admit it or not, that's what what your team is now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, One interesting thing that was brought up... um, on the Dunked On Basketball podcast, was the idea, uh, I mean, since they're already, since they should be mailing in this season already and evaluating the talent that they have, one trade that they brought up was Beverly for Jaleel Okafor, which I think would be really awesome because, I mean, mean, Beverly is done for the year, so... Oh, you mean the the Sixers get Beverly's contract, right? Can you trade a guy while he's injured? Yeah, I mean, if the other team is willing to accept him, then yeah. I mean, you you trade. He'd Be- have to pass a physical though. I, I think that there's some strange rules to it, but I think a player can still get in, can still get traded while they're injured. I mean, that just happened with Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Uh. But uh, I mean, if you do that, the the upside for the Clippers is that they get another big man if they want to get another big man. I mean, he's not at all the same player as DeAndre Jordan, but he could be a serviceable player if they give him enough time, and I don't know, maybe he can... I don't, I, I don't think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, why, but, why would the Clippers want to get off Beverly, though? Because he's old and injury prone? Yeah, I mean, he, he's not, he doesn't service them in any way anymore. Beverly is clearly like a reserve player for a playoff team, and that's yeah. not really what the Clippers are about right now. And if the Sixers get him, then he sits out this year, and they can choose to bring him back next year if they want to, because I think he's on a partially guaranteed or non-guaranteed deal. And if they do bring him back, 
Then you add Patrick Beverly to the Sixers. <laughs> he's a good veteran guy to have, and he hits threes, and he's obviously a great defender if he can stay healthy. Uh, so that's a that's a cool trade. Um, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about DeAndre Jordan through the guise of like, if you had told me a month ago that if you called the Pistons and asked for Andre Drummond for DeAndre Jordan, the Pistons would be the one hanging up the phone. I would have laughed hysterically, but now that's definitely the case. Yeah. But I think Andre says, Drummond has had a great month. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, I think that says more about DeAndre, uh, Andre Drummond's, uh, level of success so far. I mean, he's having, um, I mean, he's, Putting up like crazy ass twenty twenty games, his free throw shot is improving. I don't know like when exactly he's turning the corner. I don't know when you say that he's like at DeAndre Jordan level, but he's getting there, and it looks like DeAndre Jordan is slowly coming down. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. We're not going to talk about the Pistons, but I think they're an interesting team. A lot of Eastern Conference teams are fading back a little bit, and I think that that's good that they're not. <laughs> um, next. Up, we've got some Spurs talk. We got Tony, young Tony Parker coming back last night. Yep, one of their two MVPs is back. <laughs> Just waiting <laughs> on the other one now, who should also be back soon. But Tony Parker made his debut uh, Monday night against Dallas. Uh, Did you guys win that game? Yeah, yeah. Um, they put up. It was a. It was a really weird game. Every game against the Mavs is good. Uh, is weird. Not good. <laughs> yeah, like. What was it? LaMarcus Aldridge put up 33 and Pau Gasol put up 25 in that game. Wow. And, um, but Tony Parker, Tony Parker is looking really skinny. Like, I was worried about him getting pudgy the last few years, and now he looks, like, super skinny. Like, he lost a ton of weight. Someone should ask him if he became a vegan. But, uh... Dude, he's French. He's not a vegan. He's vegan except for baguettes. <laughs> But uh, no, he 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 looked good. It was it was kind of surreal watching him play again because it's been so long. I kind of got used to the team without Tony Parker. But um, he he only played fourteen minutes, but had six points and four assists. I mean, he he was doing his regular thing of just setting up the offense, um, cutting to the basket anytime he found holes in the defense. He was just doing regular Tony Parker things that we saw out of him last year. But uh, he he looked good. I mean, it was it was a pretty good season debut for him, considering that considering that it was his first his first game of the year coming back from that injury. Um, I mean, it's it's yet to be seen whether or not he can return to the playing at the same level that he played last year. But I mean, I'm just glad that he didn't look like. I, I mean, the last few years he looked like he had been going downhill very very quickly, and I'm just glad that it didn't look like that was continuing in his first game. Yeah, so I think there's a secret upside for the Spurs here, and uh, hear me out. So, Tony Parker and Kawhi are both going to miss a significant chunk of the season, and I think that that'll make them fresher for the playoffs, which is probably bad news for everyone else. <laughs> Assuming that Kawhi ever comes back, based on the quotes that I saw in the past week, I don't know that that's a certainty that he comes back this season. <laughs> Greg Popovich called it the weirdest injury he'd ever seen in his life. Yeah, he, <laughs> which he, doesn't seem good when it's your best player and the presumptive MVP of the league. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing he said. He described it as he said that it was the same injury as Tony Parker, but to a lesser degree. But it was lasting longer. It's not getting better. Ask Terrence Jones if an injury 
that's inexplicable and not improving is good for your career. Ask Donatus Yunus. I mean, those guys had, like, straight-up back issues. Terrence <laughs> uh, Jones was a leg thing. Oh, it was. He had, like, a dead nerve in his leg. <laughs> oh, well, that's actually him. But, um, I People mean... People kept telling both of them, a couple weeks, a couple weeks, more rehab, more rehab. Terrence Jones is out of the NBA. Donatus Yunus plays for a Chinese team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tony Parker said that Kawhi was going through drills with him in practice. Uh, he was playing some... Uh, I think he's already. I think they said that Kawhi was going through contact drills already, playing five on five. So I don't know. it's just a matter of reps for him. I Bro. mean, that, that was the first thing that they, yeah, like Trump getting pissed on by Russian hookers. I want to see the tape because the last tape we saw of Kawhi was him limping up the tarmac to get on a plane. I mean, that was like a month and a half ago. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's the last time we saw him on tape walking. Yeah, I mean. I mean, Tony said that he is looking more and more back into his regular condition. I just want to point out one thing to our loyal fans about Tony War- Tony Parker and whether or not you can trust his word. Ask Ava Longoria, bro. <laughs> okay. Tony Parker famously cheated on his famous wife. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I being so harsh on the Spurs and John? Because in our Rockets section of the Google Doc, he wrote that the Rockets support Roy Moore. <laughs> you can't say that they don't. <laughs> um, um, but... uh, so, I mean, he, I expect Kawhi Leonard to come back soon. And I really do think it's a good thing for him overall that he gets to miss 20 games. That didn't matter because the Spurs are still in third place. So Yeah, which is really strange. I mean, Thanks the... to Oklahoma City, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean... They're still third in the conference. Aldridge is still looking super good. Rub it in some more, why don't you? <laughs> Aldridge averaging 22-8, and eight, shooting a career high and true shooting percentage of 52, and also having the best PER of his career. His, I mean... PER is a fake stat. That's fake news, John. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his, every, everything about his game is looking better and better. Better and better. He's distributing better. He has his turnover rate is down. He's shooting more at the three point line and at the rim. He's taking less mid rangers. He's just he's doing everything that you want out of a stretch big who's who's leading the team. I mean he's he's doing a really good job of filling in, and I mean he's totally relishing the fact that he gets to play like the primary leader of the team right now. I don't know how things will change once Kawhi gets back, but. It's just good to see that Aldridge is capable of this because after the past couple of years, it, people like a lot of people, including me, were wondering if he could ever get back to this level. So it's good to see that he can. Yeah, I'm excited about the Spurs. I'm glad that they're still good because there aren't really that many good teams this season. Uh, it still feels inevitable that the Warriors are going to win the championship, but beyond that, there's just like not a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, I mean, after the, after the Rockets, Warriors, and Spurs, like there isn't shit going on in the West. No, man, the West a is lot of garbage. Te- a lot of teams got injured. A lot of teams are disappointing. Yeah, so, looking at you, Timberwolves losing last night to the John Wallace Wizards. Oh, did they? That sucks. Yeah, Otto Porter hit a twenty footer to win the game. Ninety-two eighty nine. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I remember <laughs> they were tied, that. and he hit a like it was a terrible shot. At least it was in, in rhythm, but, like, awful shot with the game tied. What a low-percentage shitty shot to take. What a Scott Brooksian shot. 
Yeah. <laughs> to I mean, settle for at the end of a game. Yeah. I mean, the Wolves just aren't that good. I mean... The Wolves aren't that good. Uh, they seem to be drowning... Or, uh, yeah, drowning Tom Thibodeau out already, which is bad because it's their second year. People have been calling Carl Anthony Towns Carl Anthony Cantor on Twitter, <laughs> which is really funny and a very poor, in- it's a it's a big indictment of his career so far. That's really sad. He's a really good offensive player, but he's so bad defensively. I was listening to the Jeff Van Gundy, Zach Lowe podcast from last week, and Jeff Van Gundy just said it seems like he's getting worse on defense. <laughs> yeah, and Zach Lowe questioned if Jimmy Butler staying the same, still the same level of, def- of defender as he as we've known him to be. You know who is still the same level of defender as we know him to be? Andrew Wiggins, and that level is terrible as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right, let's talk about the best thing happening in the NBA right now. And that's Houston. We already y'all. talked <laughs> about Tony Parker coming back. <laughs> we we're past that. Will I already talked about that? But John, okay, let's see whether or not this is just. Rockets fan enthusiasm, or if the following claims are true. Over the last month, the Rockets are the best team in the NBA. Better than the Celtics? Yeah. Well, record-wise, they are. We'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, do you think that how how do you how do you as a non-Rockets fan rate the Rockets recently? Let me let me read you two sets of stats. Okay. The ones that I'm reading, too? Yeah, the, I'm going to say them out loud for our friends on the podcast who can't read the stats. In our Google Doc, you dickhole. This is an audio recording. Okay. Yeah, since Chris Paul, Chris Paul this season, since he's come back, he's played five games. In those five games, he has 65 assists and seven turnovers. Which is just about a 10 to 1 assist to turnover ratio, which would be the best of all time. By a humongous margin, if it were to last. What do you think of that first? What do you think of that? Chris Paul's been barely scoring points in most of these games, but he's had like he had like four points and fifteen assists the other night. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much opposite of how I thought things were going to go. Because I mean, the whole conversation before the season was that Harden should still be running the offense and Chris Paul should become more of a spot up shooter, and that's not what's been going on. I mean, it's it's been. I mean, obviously you can't argue with the results, but. It's been interesting to see this uh, this duo develop because I mean they're still Harden is still doing his thing. Chris Paul is not scoring as much, but still being the All Star level distributor as we've known him to be. Um, they're doing they're doing a really good job of staggering because the Rockets still have very good um, overall net ratings without with Harden without Paul and with Paul without Harden. So. Um. Another crazy stat that I want to read to you. Um, it's not actually in the Google Doc, so there you go. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, I went to the Rockets-Nuggets game the, the day before Thanksgiving, and the second greatest plus or minus in NBA history was in that game. Do you know the player who it was? Did you see on Twitter? I did not. Luke Mbamute had the second best plus minus ever in an NBA game. He was plus 57 in that game. He was on the court when the Rockets got up by 40 the first time, and then when he came back in the game, the Rockets extended their 20-point lead to 40 a second time. I told you that was a good signing. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of people are heralding that as one of the better signings of the offseason. Yeah. And the last bit about the Rockets, I'm very high on the Rockets right now. They're 11-1 and in their last 12 games, and over that 12-game stretch, Harden has averaged 35 points per game, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, 
on 48% shooting and 44% from three on 10 three-point attempts per game. <laughs> He's made six threes five times in that stretch. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, they're just on fire. I mean, I, I didn't look to see, like, who they were playing against over, their, over those games. I don't know what their strength of schedule has been, but regardless, I mean, they're still taking advantage of the opportunity that's put ahead of them. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I I mean, D'Antoni has done a good job. I still wish he wouldn't play in 40 minutes in a blowout, but... <laughs> that's actually gone down. He's down to 35.7 minutes per game now. Okay. Yeah, that's better. That's a lot better. Let's see, who have they beaten in that stretch? Let me see here. Let's see, he's playing Joe Chi, which I've been calling for. Joe Chi, in that game that I went to, had a block, a three-pointer, and a full-court pass. He also got blocked by Will Barton <laughs> at the rim. I was about to say all of that would happen more often if you play him more, but I don't think um, you want that last bit to happen. Yeah, you know what? That was honestly one of the funnier, more embarrassing things that I've seen this season. Let's see, okay. So over the 12 games, they have played the Nets, terrible. The Knicks, in the Eastern Conference playoffs, picture still. The Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Suns, the one loss to the Raptors. They beat the shit out of the Pacers, who have been playing really well. They beat the Grizzlies, they beat the Cavs, they beat the Jazz by 27, Hawks, and the Knicks in that stretch. They're... Four losses, two to the Grizzlies early in the season. <laughs> Fucking Grizzlies, man. And then they lost to the Sixers, and then they lost to the Raptors. Only lost four games so far this season. They haven't really had much of a, a difficult time, but they've got a rough stretch coming up where they have to play the Pacers tonight, the Jazz, the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, and the Bucks all within the next like two weeks. It's not the worst stretch. Ever. Yeah, that is not a bad stretch at all. <laughs> I mean, aside well, okay. from the only truly challenging game is the Spurs one. That's assuming Kawhi is back. Starting with Christmas, <laughs> they play the Thunder, Celtics, Wizards in back-to-back games. <laughs> so then, a month from now. <laughs> a month from now, yes. So the Rockets might be like 25-4 and four around Christmas time. Yeah. Unless they drop some dumb games. But honestly, the way John just mentioned, the way they're staggering Harden and Paul and how well it's working, uh, I mean... It's really difficult to envision them having a rough stretch of games. Yeah, I mean, the only thing really left to see is how they can survive against teams who are not who are going to push back whenever they play them in the playoffs. I mean, that's I mean, that's only like the the Warriors and Spurs and assuming they get it together, the Thunder. So, I aside from that, I mean, I mean, they can't construct their schedule, so there's nothing really left to say about that, but I mean, they're I mean, they're they're taking advantage of the opportunities. Yeah, okay. You want to do uh, some fun standing stuff? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to tell John a little bit about an NBA team. I'm going to tell him what their October schedule is, what their November schedule is, and then maybe a few things thrown in here and there to see if he can guess who the teams are. Okay. So the first one, they are 11-3 and three in November. They were 3-4 and four in October, and they are 14-7 and seven overall. What do you think? Cleveland? It's Cleveland, yeah. Cleveland <laughs> is very hot right now. I think they went seven in a row. Is it seven? Is it? Let me see. I think, it's, I think they went seven games in a row. 
like the only thing not on. Oh, it's the nine. Nine games in a row. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, Cleveland has turned around the whole early season woes. They're up to second in the Eastern Conference now. Yeah, I mean, I just never... I mean, I, I don't think they're going to win the title. I don't, I don't think... I mean, I think this is the best it's going to get for Cleveland. But at the same time, I just couldn't imagine a team with, like... I mean, I know that they had issues. Like, it wasn't just made up. But I couldn't imagine a team with LeBron, Kevin Love... And just, like, the rest of that... I mean, just LeBron and Kevin Love alone. Like, that team cannot go, like, 500 or below 500. They have to be better than that. So, I'm glad that they're turning it around now. Yeah. Okay, so this next team, 12 of their 21 games have been decided by 10 or more points. And in those games, they're 10 and 2. Say that again? So, 12 out of their 21 games have been decided one way or the other by 10 or more points. And in those games, they're 10 and 2. They've got a shitload of blowout wins. Uh, Boston? Golden State. Golden State. Golden State. Yeah, I mean, they had that one weird game where they got their shit kicked in by OKC. <laughs> Who was their other loss against? Uh, over 10, the Rockets. No, 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 the Rockets barely beat them. It was someone dumb. I can't remember, but it was, it was, not, a good, it was not a good loss. Oh, it was Oklahoma City. No, yeah, I said Oklahoma City. There was someone else, or maybe they played. I don't think they played them twice. <laughs> no, they haven't played them twice. But it was one of the. It was it was the first or second week of the season. I can't remember. So the only other team who's played more blowout games is the Rockets, and they're twelve and two in blowout games. Celtics are nine and one for what it's worth. Yeah, okay. decided by ten points. Yeah. Okay, so let's look further down. This team started off five and two in October. Since then. They're three eleven, three and eleven in November. Orlando, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Orlando is now eight and thirteen, sitting very near the bottom of the league. Yeah, I haven't really looked into <laughs> what exactly has caused them to fall back to earth, but I mean that's still kind of sad. I was really hoping that they would be good because I love Aaron Gordon. <laughs> They're the third worst team in November. Yeah, the only teams worse are the Grizzlies, who are two and ten in November, and the Bulls, who are two and twelve. That's... Bulls, why do you keep winning games? <laughs> Stop trying, Justin Holiday. That's... No one's going to get tricked into paying you. Yeah, that's really sad. Okay, this next team was 4-3 and three in October, 4-8 and eight in November, and they are 7-1 and one in blowout games. Uh, 4-3. Or OKC? Yes. <laughs> They're only good at home and in blowouts. Yeah, that's... Other than that, they're fucking terrible. They're, yeah. They're 33% wins for an entire month. The second month. Yeah, that. Yeah, they. I, I don't understand it at all. Like, they are just not good in... I don't know how awful their clutch defensive rating still is, but yeah, like, if, if it's not a blowout, they're probably losing. Yeah, they have the same record in November as the Nets. Which is bad. <laughs> it's not a good thing. They have a worse record in November than the Suns, dude. Yeah, that's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, so that is hilarious. They're still in ninth. They're tied for ninth. If it's still, like, a couple weeks from now and they're still having these problems, I think it's warranted that we need to have the discussion of what if they're just not good. Because this is this is about the point... In the season where teams who are implementing new stars, like, 
this is where things start getting hashed out and if things still look the same after a couple weeks after this I I think it's a time that we raise that discussion yeah they're only half a game better than the Lakers right now to put it into perspective yeah but they have the fourth best net rating in the league somehow but I think that's just because they've blown their seven seven of their eight wins were blowouts yeah yeah it's just making every other loss look better yeah but I don't know they're a sad case. I think that they've definitely been the biggest disappointment of the league so far. What do you think? We'll probably have like a, a full segment on this kind of stuff next week. Or what, what do you think? Sunday maybe? Because it'll be the quarterway point for sure on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest disappointment? Um, yeah, I mean, you can't really argue with that. I mean, it's just been a really strange season for them. Do you know the fourth best team in the Western Conference is right now? Do you have any uh, idea? <laughs> it's a weird-ass team. I know that it's the Spurs and then someone else and then the Wolves. It's, it's the Trailblazers. The Blazers? <laughs> are in fourth place. What the fuck? The Jazz are back in the playoff picture under 500. Yeah, I mean, a, a part of that with the Blazers has to be that everybody else is getting injured. Yeah, I mean, they're only allowing 98 points per game. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, you have to credit them for that. They are a really good defensive team somehow. But even starting Lillard and McCollum, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you have Utah without Rudy Gobert, the Clippers without everybody. The Nuggets without Millsap, and just kind of bad in general, to be honest. Yeah, and then just, I mean, Minnesota's just... Bleh. Not that good. And Minnesota's we'll... defensive rating is ninth in the Western Conference or tenth in the Western Conference. Yeah, I thought they had like I mean I know at the time that of that low post with Stamen Gundy they were like twenty seventh in defensive rating or something like that total. So yeah, they are twelfth in defensive rating in the Western Conference. That's not. They're good. giving up one hundred and seven points per game. Yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, it's it's been gross, honestly. Yeah, who who do you have anything else? Um, do you know who number two in the Western or Eastern Conference is? It's not the Cavs. I was wrong. No, the, yeah, the Cavs. The Cavs are getting back up there. They're like three or four. The Boston. Cavs are three, but the Pistons are still yeah. holding them off. Yeah, yeah, two. yeah. The Pistons are still good. Um, Sixers in fifth right now at eleven and eight. They're not that bad. They're, they're, they're honestly pretty decent. Yeah, they're, they're it, like the days. The days of them being bad are over. Like yeah. that's a decent roster now. I would be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs now. Oh yeah, they have to. I mean, I mean the I mean the thing that the only thing that can set them back from making the playoffs is if they have another Joel Embiid setback. But they've been really uh, diligent about following his minutes restriction and. Sitting him on back to backs, like, I mean, they, they're following the plan as it should as, as it should be followed, and they're doing a good job of it. I mean, even with the minutes restrictions and the sitting, like, they're still fifth. I mean, yeah, I think another the only other team that's as surprising as them right now is probably the Pacers because the Pacers are still good. And are they? Victor Oladipo is definitely going to be my like probably my biggest surprise of the season so far, but the Pacers are still in sixth. And they, they just beat the Raptors two nights ago. 
yeah. two or three nights ago, and they beat the shit out of the Heat, who have been <laughs> playing really well. I don't know. I think the Pacers are pretty all right. Nate McMillan must be a better coach than I gave him credit for at the beginning of the season. I expected that team to tank. I just thought that Oladipo was better than people gave him credit for. And so is DeMontis Sabonis. <laughs> is he still playing really well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still averaging like 16 and 8 or something. Yeah, I mean, I just... I, I always knew that Oladipo was better than what he was showing. I mean... Before he was on Orlando first, and Orlando just sucked, and no one could really be good on that team because it was just nothing but odd fits and odd pieces on Which that team. It still is, yeah. And then OKC last year, it was just the Russell Westbrook MVP campaign season, and then this year he's actually on a team where he can show off his capabilities. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew that he. I mean, I, I knew that he was going to have a bounce back year. I mean, there's just. He, I mean, he's not—he's not at all like one of the best shooting guards in the league. But I mean, he's talented. He's got to be in the top half, though. Yeah, for sure, top half. I mean, I guess like, I—I I guess he's a top ten. Like, between, I think he's an Eastern Conference All Star right now. Like between five and ten among top shooting guards. I would put him on the All Star team right now. Yeah, I mean that's not really saying much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the All Star team lost like half its roster or whatever. So yeah, I guess. Um... Thanks, Gordon Hayward, also. <laughs> yeah, I wonder when All-Star voting begins, because don't they have to pick that thing by, like, January? I don't know. I, can't, I haven't really read anything else about it since they announced the weird format. Um, do you think that the, t- the the tide is starting to turn on Westbrook and his stat hunting and stuff? Uh, <laughs> I mean... I, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, Russell Westbrook, obviously, is a contributor to some of it. He is doing... He could be doing a better job of incorporating players. He's trying. He's been like more. Uh, he he's been more willing to distribute the ball. I think he had been until like the last three or four games. Yeah. What was the stat the other night? Paul George didn't take a shot in the last four minutes, and in that time, Westbrook missed five threes. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. Something that Trent told us because Trent loves to update us on OKC's <laughs> mishaps. He does. Honestly. It's one of the things that gives me joy is finding out that they've coughed up another 15-point lead. I don't know who it was the other day saying that 15-point lead is the most... Oh, it was Brian Windhorst, I think, saying that calling something a 15-point lead is the dumbest thing in the NBA right now. Yeah. Because a 15-point lead can is in the first quarter of, like, half the games every night. Yeah, 15-point <laughs> leads don't really matter anymore. Like um, The Rockets get down by 15 all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, now with, like the rate at which teams shoot three-pointers and, like, the the speed of the game. Like, it's just... 15-point lead is no longer, like, a definitive, like, they have this anymore. Like, yeah. it now, like, you have to get... I, you better I, be up by 15 with, like, two minutes to go. Yeah, like, that's the only way that And not I, be playing the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only that's the only way that I consider, like, a done deal. Or, like, if you have, like, 15 to 20-point lead with just a couple minutes remaining. Other than yeah. that, like, yeah, it's just... I don't know. Like, the other night when I was at the Rockets-Nuggets game, um, the Rockets were up by 40 in the first half. And the second half, they came out and missed, like, every dumb shot imaginable. And the refs definitely had the whistles out. I'm not saying the game is fixed or anything, but it's in the it's in the NBA's best interest to officiate games tight in the second half in a blowout. It's always been like that. And so the Nuggets got it down to, like, 19, I think, at one point. And then, like, literally two and a half game minutes later, the Rockets were up by 35 games. 
Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, I mean, and it's the Rockets too. I mean, the Rockets can make easily make like five threes in a row at any given time. In that game, PJ Tucker and Mute were both making shots, and then they had four dunks or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that old man can still play. Didn't the Wizards just give him away? Like, didn't they cut him? Uh, Nene? Who did he play? No. No, I think Nene just signed here in Houston. I don't I don't remember. I, I know that they didn't trade him to the Rockets, but I, before that, hadn't they just given up on him? I, I think so. Or maybe Nene just wanted to leave. I don't remember. Yeah. But either way, I mean, he's still a serviceable player. Especially under D'Antoni. Yeah. Um, anything else left to say? Um, there's a bunch of games going on right now. Hopefully, uh, the Thunder are losing. <laughs> no I have to say. The Thunder are the new Mavs for me. <laughs> I'm really glad that Carmelo is, like, terrible. Yeah, they're down by 12 to Orlando. <laughs> Nothing can make me happier than that. That's so funny. Oh yeah, this that's... That's a real cause for concern. <laughs> They're going to be 8-12. and 12. Should they be panicking if they go 8-12 and 12 and lose to Orlando? Um, I mean, like I said, let's give this a week or two, and then I think I think if this continues for a week or two, it's a safe time to hit the panic button. I would say so. They need to make a move, I think. Yeah. Shit. Do you know who has 17 points in the first quarter? Who? LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> oh, shit. He's probably going to finish the game. But they're playing against the... Yeah, with, like, 19 points or something stupid. Yeah, they're playing against the Grizzlies, though, so... Oh, R.I.P. Grizzlies season. Should have okay. fired Dave Fizzale. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess that does it for us. Uh, we'll come back probably Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, we'll figure some shit to talk about. Other than that, um, yeah, just send us questions. We still got our shirt up. Buy that if you want. Oh, yeah, that shirt is lit, dudes. <laughs> okay, well, that does it for this episode. This has been Barbacoa Big Red Basketball. We'll talk to you all later. Check it.